time is two o'clock in the afternoon on the 24th of September 2013. My name is Garin Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you're listening to our Errand of Mercy. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> the musical greeting always throws people off. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Cool. Um, it's nice to be recording in the afternoon. Yeah, no, it, yeah. I always like daytime records. It's uh, you know, it's nice when we've both got the same day off and can just do it whenever the hell we want. There's a slight breeze, um, which is driving the fog away over the um, the cityscape of Leamington Spa as I speak, and um, I can see that the um, the possibly Nazi flag is fluttering in the wind. Still, is still flying. There. Still flying that flag. I don't get this because like everyone in Britain's talking about fog, and yet when I kind of like got the tram this morning, no fog. So really? I guess Manchester for once, which is weird because like Manchester's like the foggiest city in the world, but has apparently escaped the fog. So cool. It's yeah, it's it's all come out of Manchester and it's gone to other places. The fog's <laughs> gone on holiday this this week. It's I gone guess. on a city break. <laughs> gone to visit Leamington. Gone to visit some spa towns of yeah. Britain. You know, <laughs> doing Leamington spa. You know, and then it might head to the south coast. It'll pop in, pop along to Brighton. You know, I don't think Bogner Regis, mate. I don't think Leamington really counts as a spa town anymore. It's not really. It doesn't really do that anymore. It's got the word spa in it. I know. It may have been... It's called Royal Leamington Spa. I think that pretty much defines it as a spa. The most middle-class sounding place in the world. (laughs) It looks pretty middle-class as well. Yeah, it does. It looks incredibly middle-class, apart from the warehouse with the Nazi flag on it. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit of a middle-class concept as well. Maybe. I don't know. I think you've got to have a certain... There's a certain level of -of out-of-touchness with society that that comes with with supporting any kind of tenets of Nazism, I think. Right. So do you think, do you think like, rather than sort of, like, skinhead Nazis, if you go in, they'll have, like, a big picture of Oswald Mosley or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Lots of guys sitting in high-backed chairs talking (laughs) about the Zionist octopus. Yeah, exactly. It'll be that kind of, like, crazy racism, like, 19th century racism. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, like they'll when they be tried a... to exterminate the poor. <laughs> that was the thing that actually happened in yeah. Britain. Yeah, Not many people talk about that. A lot of talk about the German eugenics experiments during the uh, the beginning of the uh, 20th century. Yeah. Not so much talk about the English ones. Yeah, where it's like, what's the best way to solve poverty? I know, let's kill the poor. Huzzah! <laughs> I think read they, they sterilised the poor. They were attempting to sterilise the poor, yeah. yeah. Um, to breed the poor genes out of our society. It's just, all in the history books. Well, it's not. <laughs> but it did happen. It's just not in many history books. Because it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if it was that widespread. I don't think it no, was. No, it like, wasn't. There were, there were like, but the problem was there were like. At the time, there were quite a lot of people who weren't down with the idea, you know. But the people who were down with the idea were pretty, like, well-respected scientist types. There was a club in in um, London made up of, like, academics and scientists who were, like, called yeah. something like the Thinking People's Group for Eugenics, who dreamt all this stuff up. Yeah, wasn't it um, one of the Huxleys? Yeah. I can't remember which one. They're all very rich and very white, of course. Yeah. But, but, but they had some pretty, uh, some pretty avant-garde ideas about how to improve our society. Yeah, like some pretty, some pretty out there. Like perhaps not forward thinking. Thinking, no. may, well, I don't. Maybe <laughs> thinking towards a different kind of future. Uh, 
Yeah, that's think... it. It's um, uh, Julian Huxley. Yeah, it's it's the one, and then of course his 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 uh, his brother's Audless um, wrote a book about eugenics called Brave New World, which is a very good book. Yeah, you should read that book. Yeah, read that book this week. <laughs> become a bit smarter uh, that's why i've always been against like you know people trying to improve the efficiency of the english political system i think it should stay exactly as inefficient as it is because it means yeah. that crazy people can't get much traction also i just sorry can i just say i just like because obviously i looked that up because i was like it's one of the huxley's but i can't remember which and you got julian huxley who looks eerily like um like nigel farage <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a pic. I'm gonna send you this guy's Wikipedia page, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, he looks like a kind of happier Nigel Farage." <laughs> Nigel Farage has a lot of reasons to not look happy, though. Yeah, mainly uh, Brussels. Look, 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 check out this shirt. Check out, check it out. Just look at that photo. Is that out the corner of your eye? It's like, oh, oh he totally does. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's a maybe that's a, a a eugenics argument. To be fair, like I mean. They're kind of, they're both, he's a British political figure. They're probably all related. Yeah, for sure. There's some kind of one, like one family ran ran thing. It's like a giant, like mafioso Illuminati thing going on. It was the Huxley Darwin Wedgwoods. And for like about 10 years, like every senior position in Britain was controlled by one family, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's that's a thing from our own history. (laughs) England used to be pretty fucked up in Um, a different way to how it's fucked up now. So I'm just like, can I... Can I just kind of some 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 notable um, members of the family? Obviously, Josiah Wed- Wedgwood, uh, founder of the uh, Wedgwood, uh, you know, uh, pottery and china work. Charles Darwin in that group. Audless Huxley, Julian Huxley, who we've just discussed. Um, we have Ralph Vaughan Williams, the famous uh, the famous composer. We have William Darwin Fox, a famous uh, paleontologist. These all sound uh, like people who you'd come across during playing Bioshock. Uh, John Maynard Keynes, the uh, famous... John Maynard Keynes, I should say, the famous economist. Tony Benn is a member of that family. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, there's just a shitload of people. You know, it's pretty pretty crazy crazy family you got yeah. there so yeah the british aristocracy everyone still kind of running this country yeah just just behind the scenes in slightly different ways but there's still a... like, i mean david cameron's like descended from the sort of george the fourth isn't he like he's an his his he's descendant of like an illegitimate son of king george the fourth oh yeah it was wasn't it like um king george the fourth and a space lizard that's yeah, I heard. something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Um, sorry, I know you were going to talk about something, but can I just quickly um, talk? The um, North Koreans have come out with something recently. Oh, good. Um, Talking of like you know, yeah. shady behind the scenes government control of things. Um, so, do you remember we were talking about how um, basically Kim Jong Un's wife had like a rival of hers from a pop band murdered? Yeah, using government. Using, like, like, using government funds and uh, and people. Yeah, so I mean, there's still a lot of kind of back and forth about that, but the North Korean government has come out and denounced everyone who reported uh, on that story as part of the Western reptile media. Um, and we reported on that story, so I think we're now reptilian, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Just... I think... 
we have become part of a new world order, which is kind of nice. That's um, pretty cool. Looking forward to getting my letter in the post about that. Cause as Does that far mean as... we have to hang out with Hulk Hogan? Yeah, that, that means we have to hang out at a crazy party um, featuring Hulk Hogan and Ariel Sharon, who was not actually in a coma, but has actually been running everything from behind the scenes. <laughs> and he's friends with Hulk Hogan, and they have Hollywood parties together. It like, seems like, um, but like you know... That... And Vladimir Putin, who are actually best mates and play golf together and shit, and, and the Queen, who will take off her human mask for the occasion. Yeah, but that's like it's one of those things, isn't it? It'll be like the um the masquerade scene in Labyrinth. <laughs> you know, where everything seems like it's it's kind of cool, but then everything goes a bit David Lynch very quickly. Yeah. Your viewpoint starts spinning round and round and you start to see claws and scales and, and <laughs> reptilian eyes and you're like, Oh Yeah, but so I'm I'm just looking forward to being inducted to that. I think I think once that happens, like be honest our quality of life should improve dramatically i feel like you'd get a welcome pack with like a set of monographed handkerchiefs yeah maybe some steak knives that's the thing it's surprisingly disappointing when you become a reptilian you like you find out you are one they send you a letter through the post inviting you to a party um a party at the it's um kind of the secret basement of the battersea power station yeah um, there's a bunch of celebrities there and the Queen. Um, but yeah, it's actually just like a fairly boring party. <laughs> like the band's not that great. It's just like, it, you know, it's like a cellist, but it's not a particularly good one. It's just someone they found in the local paper. You get some monogrammed handkerchiefs and like, and, and on the table, every table's got a bottle of champagne, but it's actually like it's it's actually not champagne. It's Carver it, from Tesco's. It's Tesco Carver, and it's yeah, it's just a little bit gross. Really. And you get stuck next to Michael Portillo for the entire evening, who keeps on telling you how he came up with the concept of spin in the first place. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, okay, well, I I'm not really that. Do you mind? Can I go over? Oh, oh no, you're still talking. I'm trying to, and he's like one of those people we can't take a hint, and it's really difficult. I just want to go talk to Eamon Holmes. Yeah, why won't you let me go and talk to Eamon? I, Holmes? I want to talk about to Eamon Holmes about our plan of putting him in space, <laughs> and I feel that now we might be able to do so. Oh, oh we we're not high enough ranked reptilians to. Oh, oh shit! Wait, space isn't real. Oh. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> but the moon landing was fate. Oh, I, I kind of feel like a dick now. Oh. <laughs> I kind of feel like a dick for shouting down all those conspiracy theorists. Because it turns out everything was right. Oh, and I, I am part of the problem. There, there's a big, the big conventions at the uh, Denver International Airport. Oh, oh, we we're not invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> they won't just, even let us go. Just got to watch the YouTube live stream. <laughs> It's secret YouTube. I guess secret YouTube's kind of cool. All right, fine. Lizard Tube. We have to watch it on Lizard Tube. <laughs> but we'll miss it because they won't send our decrypting rims in the rings in the post quick enough. It's, gonna, it's just you, all a bit of a shambles, the New World Order. Shambles, yeah, which is why which is why the New World Order, which is why the conspiracy theories can never prove anything, because everyone's just a bit too inept. It turns out reptilians are really just a lot like people. <laughs> they bungle everything. Yeah, they, kinda, they got big plans, but it never quite works out, unfortunately. <laughs> Bless them, poor reptilians. 
Um, I wanted to talk about uh, something I've been trying to talk about for a while, but it's been in the show notes for about three weeks, but we, it just hasn't made it into the show until today. Um, so I wanted to talk about the Go Compare adverts, G. Yeah. Um, uh, if you if you don't live in the UK, you might not have seen these originally. Uh, Go Compare is a website that allows you to compare insurers and financial service providers, um, and you know, like many of these websites, it has a kind of kitschy, cute advertising spiel. Yeah. It's like Money Supermarket had Patrick Stewart narrating the lives of actual people, and it now has a, like a, a C-rank stand-up comedian wearing a suit saying things. You've got... Oh, I haven't um, seen those ones. I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was still Patrick Stewart. So no, that, like, even though Patrick Stewart will apparently work for nothing now. Yeah, I which think Patrick, is nice of him. I yeah, feel I mean, like he's doing I, it as a charity. No, I just think Patrick Stewart will do anything for money. I've often <laughs> felt this. I kind of feel that's because like that's basically why he did Star Trek. He's like, oh yeah, cool. I'm one of the best actors in the world, but I will do anything for money. He never says I, no, and I think that's fun. kind of nice from a, from an acting point of view. I think that's very nice of him. Right. There's another company that does meerkats compare the market. They've got uh, a meerkat, a number of meerkat yeah. adverts, which are becoming higher and higher a budget. They're becoming higher and higher budget, and I'm remembering them less and less. Yeah. I feel like the, the meerkat thing is probably over. So so Go Compare um, have obviously noticed that this is an issue because, you know, you can't have a cute, kitschy marketing character for too long. Other people, Otherwise, people start to get annoyed with them. And Go Compare used to have an opera singing guy who'd yeah. turn up and sing Go Compare at people. He had, like, a song. He'd just turn up at, like, the bus stop and yeah. sing at people. Um, and it was on daytime TV. And everybody started to get pissed off about this advertising campaign because the song that he sings is very catchy and it's, it's also a, very annoying. Yeah, it's very catchy and annoying. And it, it, in, in the way, it kind of like a good jingle should be, really, because yeah. you can't forget it. So, but when you're thinking about comparing money, I, which is something I've never done, I'd like to say. Like, there seems to be 50,000 comparison sites. I don't think I've ever used any of them, but never mind. I did it once when I when I did my car insurance for the first time, but then I've just been lazy and stayed with the same car insurance company. Exactly. I think it overestimates people's ability to care about what they're spending money on. Well, they must be making enough money because these I adverts guess. aren't getting any cheaper, are no, they? No, they're not, they're not, no. So, yeah. But anyway, go compare. They realised that they were annoying us with their adverts. So what they decided to do as, a, as what they thought was a clever marketing ploy was they changed the advert so that the go compare man was to begin with he was in every advert he was assaulted by somebody he was being yeah. blown up with a rocket launcher stephen hawking uh featured in a in a episode and he was sucked into a black hole that stephen hawking made that was the thing that actually happened on that television a, yeah that was a thing again stephen hawking another guy who i feel will do anything for money but you know whatever <laughs> Basically, there was a yeah. bunch of adverts where he was either captured or killed at the end of every single episode. Yeah. Which was kind of funny, I guess. They're like, oh, we know we made this advertising thing. We're really sorry. Um, we, we're getting rid of the character, so we're killing him off in our adverts. That would have been fine, but they continued the joke now. Yeah. I say a joke with, with quotation marks. So now the latest set of Go Compare adverts are the Go Compare man 
who's been obviously been busted down from being like an, an advertising guy who now just works in one of their call centers trying to come up with new advertising ideas. And it's obvious that everybody hates him. And yeah. he's trying his best, but but he's just a bit of a lame duck. And it looks like they're just waiting for the point when they can legally fire him without without being threatened with legal action. And he's just kind of bumbling about. He's like, oh, I came up with this new marketing idea. Uh, it's like a doll of me that says yeah. things. And then everyone goes, at the end of the advert. Yeah. Don't know, they're, like, they're like, oh, when can we yeah. get rid of this? Yeah, I, we all hate him. Yeah. Like everyone at this workplace really hates this guy. I'm not sure about anybody else, but the effect this has had on me is it's made me feel really guilty because, you know, me, like most other people, hated the Go Compare guy for a bit, and I feel like I've ruined his life, even though he's a fictional character, G. I'm aware he's a fictional character, but I still feel bad for some reason. Yeah, well, no, I do as well, because I think what they were going for is that we'd feel a sense of sort of schadenfreude, but yeah. someone who we dislike was getting a horrible punishment. But what's actually happening is we're seeing a man, we're feeling empathy for him because what he's now is, he's no longer the Go Compare Man. He's the guy playing, because in the adverts, he's now playing the guy who plays the Go Compare Man. Yeah. And we feel sorry for that guy. Like, we hate the Go Compare Man, but the actor playing him, we have no issue with. No, I have no issues with whoever plays him. And now all I can feel is that Go Compare are dicks and really horrible to their employees. (laughs) It's either that or like their marketing team are completely devoid of human emotion because they're like, oh, I know what people will like. They'll like to what? The gradual grinding down of a middle-aged man by the office workplace dominated by younger and more intelligent people. They want to watch that happen. Because I, I'm pretty sure none of our target demographic will feel any empathy for that character because that's something that not everyone in Britain has to go through exactly. at some point in their lives. Yeah. It's... Because that's that's the that's the issue. We were fine with them being horrible to the character because that was funny because it's just a character. But now it's a real person. Yeah, and it's not a real person because he's playing himself. But it is a real person. So it's now become some kind of weird metatextual commentary on the British attitude towards people, and I don't need that in an advert <laughs> for a for a price comparison website. No, what I need is a catchy jingle. And dust the name of a website. Yeah, so, so I, I can... can look at it, hate it, and forget it because it's not important to me. Don't make me like think about how difficult it is. Like I'm feeling like the next couple of ep- of, of adverts are just going to be like him staring at a microwave pizza as it slowly turns around in his cut price microwave in his one bedroom flat somewhere in a bad area of that town yeah. and contemplating suicide. Yeah, just like the, a light bulb going out in his flat in Bracknell and him not being bothered to replace it. In the next advert, it looks like he's standing up to uh, to replace the light bulb, but actually what he's doing is tying his tie around the light fitting and hanging himself. But and no, he, do- he doesn't. He, he makes the noose and then he can't make himself do it and he shouts, I'm a coward, and then just sits in a corner crying while masturbating himself to sleep. And then the last thing he says before he falls asleep is, go compare. (laughs) Best for price comparisons. (laughs) Why did she leave me? 
and then it goes do 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 go compare. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I hope that's what happens because, to be honest, we deserve it. That poor man, he had a living G, and we brought him down. We we yeah, he had it had a living. You know, he had a fun little job, and then yeah, we 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 the British people couldn't couldn't stand his success and hated him for it because <laughs> because we were we were deep in a recession and we we're like why does this guy ha- get to have a good life but i want him to have the life that he had back now yeah we should start a petition to save him that <laughs> no, can be no. our new kickstarter forget no. about sending aim at homes to space we can kickstart like a new life for the go compare man I think the actual guy who plays the Go Compare Man, sorry to ruin this, is actually a fairly successful opera singer. Yeah, he's probably all right. Yeah, no, I think I think he does have like. No, I'm not. I don't but, mean for him. I mean for like the character, the character of him the who Compare was Man. originally playing a different character. I feel like we should like organise a fake, a fake money raiser that raises fictional money to save a fictional man. From a very real fate that we're all facing at the moment, which is yeah. imminent joblessness due to company cutbacks. Yeah, all right. I can buy that. <laughs> I'm not sure how we're going to do that. We'll have to like find some kind of fake version of Kickstarter. Maybe Indiegogo. Is that still going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a deep burn. I did not see that zinger on the multinational startup Indiegogo coming. <laughs> that tech firm is feeling the burn right now. Oh, fuck. I think somebody with a podcast just insulted us. <laughs> I don't think it's a popular one. It's all right, because it only stung for a little bit. Yeah. But, but they probably only got 70 or 80 listeners. <laughs> It was more like an ant bite rather than like a real sting, you know? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure if it happened now. It's just yeah. like one of those muscle twinges you get sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, we live in a broken country, Gene. I just don't think that... I think that what we need now is we need the Go Compare Man to be to be successful again. Um, I think in many ways he, he mirrors the general public. Well, I don't know. If one thing to repair our broken country might have happened this week, Simon. You think so? Uh, with the news that Mumford and Sons are going to go on an, an indefinite hiatus. Woo! It's good news. It is good news. Good news. Their cloven-hoofed music of the beast will no longer play. No more twanging of banjos. <laughs> the, the, the issue is, all right, it's an indefinite hiatus, which... For any, like, basically throughout the history of music, a band going on hiatus means that they've split up. Yeah. But the, the problem is Mumford & Sons are so insidious, <laughs> so, so cunning and vile, <laughs> so, so tied to the dark path of Beelzebub, <laughs> that they might just... It might just be playing with us. They'll be like, it's an indefinite hiatus. And then, like, tomorrow they'll release a new album. No! That's what we meant by indefinite. We meant a couple of days. It could do. That's the way the English language works, Simon. It's true, yeah. And it doesn't mean a long period of time. It means an indefinite period of time. As in poorly defined. Yeah. It We're going it... on a two to three minute hiatus. Exactly. What the fuck does an indefinite hiatus mean? It means we will be that... in a stable condition throughout. 
<laughs> An indefinite hiatus to continue in a stable condition. Yeah, it means nothing. It means nothing. Like, I mean, God willing, God willing, it does mean they are actually breaking up and they're just trying to hide it. But, uh, yeah. But, like, from what I've read about it, it doesn't seem like they're actually breaking up. It just seems like they've made their money and they're like, fuck it, we're done now. Um, Which I think I've always thought is cool. I've yeah, always I, thought that I have a lot of respect for musical groups who are just like, we've made, like, £7 million each and we're pretty much set for the next 10 years. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to I'm going to go on holiday for three years and I'm going to come back and appear on various BBC Radio 6 um, panel shows about music. Yeah. Um, what, and what and that's how I'll make my money for the rest think, of my life. Yeah, I'll take a three-year holiday and, yeah, then just make occasional media appearances. And if by the time I'm about 50, like, I need some more money to send my kids to university, I'll do a, we'll do a reunion tour. Yeah, or, or, I'll, or I'll get my own radio show. Yeah. On one of the many, like, DAB, like, Planet Rock. I'm going to get my own radio show on Planet Rock. Yeah, which no one will listen to, but bizarrely will get me enough money so I don't have to worry about it. like Alice Cooper's breakfast show. I used to listen to her all the time, which he just broadcasted from his house in America. <laughs> She'd be like, hi, I'm just here with a cup of coffee, just chilling in my recording studio, which I have because I'm Alice Cooper. And yeah. I'm now recording a radio show from it. What's up? Here's this song that I wrote 25 years ago. It's called Feed My Frankenstein. Enjoy it. <laughs> It's a good life. It's a, no, yeah. It's the life I want. That is the life. I want to be. I want to be like ridiculously famous as a musician for about six months, <laughs> and then take all that money and just live a reasonably comfortable life. I want to make enough money so that I can put it all in the savings account and take thirty k out every year. Just live on thirty k for the rest of my life. Yeah, which is a comfortable amount to live yeah, on. Just definitely. a two up two. Get like a, a mortgage on a two up two down house. Live there with my with my soon to be wife. Maybe have a couple of kids. Get a uh, a sporty but not too fast hatchback. You know, maybe yeah, with a bit like of room not, in the back. Won't get like a Ferrari or something, but you'll get like an MG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a like a Ford Ka or a Seat Leon as a second car run around and just yeah, chill. To do the shopping in. Yeah. yeah, of course, just chill. It's the school <laughs> for the rest of my life. Just do that. Record this podcast, lose money on it, but it won't matter because, yeah, you know, I don't got... need to make money. That is a dream, uh, but unfortunately, I think it might be some distance away. But we can, we can hope. It might happen, Simon. How are we going to reach those lofty heights? What what kind of new musical, fa- like, what kind of new musical fad can we, can we get We've into? We've got to create a genre, don't we? That's the issue. Because, like, I think that's the thing. Like, Mumford & Sons could have, like, birthed a sort of strange jangly folk pop but not actually pop or folk yeah it's not quite anything is it we need to come up with something like that something with something with popular appeal but like not really pop music i don't know how we could do that well like they're overtly christian but somehow they get away with it but i feel like that 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 horse has already bolted yeah no definitely we got to come up with something because for every for every mumford and sons (laughs) there's a delirious it's not a situation you want to get yourself into i don't know who the two delirious are so yes yes delirious are the the christian band who everybody tried to get to number one during easter and they reached the lofty heights of number two in the charts and then all of the Christians in England went, we did it! 
And no, you didn't really, but <laughs> cool. And also the radio won't play your music. So we need like a thing. Like, a... it's hard though. We'll work one out. We'll hey, work listeners, out. send us in a suggestion. Yeah, send us in suggestions for our, our kind of like a, a musical genre that will both like, will both like dominate and redefine as we play it, you know? Musical mashups they're in at the moment. Yeah, aren't just they? like yeah. But so you get like two things that shouldn't go together and then make them a thing. I reckon we should do um East Coast rap music and um and the music of Bach. Right, so so rap like Baroque rap. It I can feel be called um Baroque. hip Brock. Hit Brock. <laughs> Hit Brock. Yeah. Hit I kind Brock. of like, I like Barap. Barap. You prefer Barap. I think Because it's like the noise that a... The, yeah, that it's a, like um, the noise that a rapper makes, isn't brat, it? Brat. I, I've heard on the rap music, that's a noise yeah, that a gat that... makes. The gat <laughs> goes brat, brap. Right, okay, but it's also the sound of Brock hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> Brock-hop. Brock-hop. It's called Brock Hop. It's a new... Uh, these two guys, these two white guys from England started it. Yeah. It's called Brock Hop. It's, it's funny. What they did was they, they took two white guys rapping, which is the whitest thing, and then made it whiter. Somehow they made it right whiter by yeah. mixing Brock, like Brock classical music with it. Yeah. It's really popular with racists. <laughs> But not like the bad racists, like UKIP racists. They really- yeah, it's really popular with racists because up until this point, the only rap they were allowed to listen to was things by psychopathic records. <laughs> so to be honest, we wouldn't have much competition there from <laughs> from Shaggy Too Dope and Violent J. Yeah, we're going for the um, we're going for that 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 intersect on the Venn diagram between juggalos and people who <laughs> really really like baroque op- operatic themes. I guess didn't didn't sorry didn't Insane Clown Posse um, use a Mozart sample in one of their songs on their recent album? I remember reading that on the internet. I hope so. I think they've beaten us to it. Like I, a, I like, hate like to say that we we the musical pioneers may have been beaten by the intellectual powerhouses of the insane clown posse. It's because they're insane, G. They see the future. They have visions of musical futures and they use those. They leverage those those to, to pioneer new forms of music. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. They're kind of crazy prophets, oracles, if you will, oracles of change and white trash. Um, Oracles of White Trash Change. That's the name of their new their new LP. That probably is already the name of one of their LPs. Don't say it's their new LP. That was probably the first LP they released. <laughs> don't like. I don't know that over really, but over. I feel like we're now like two granddads trying to work out what insane clown posse is. Yeah, no, just, I think just so. like I've heard about this thing that my grandson listens to. They're called like the Mad Jester Group or something. Um, though speaking of jesters, I think we could do something with like medieval music. Oh, we've got to work it out. We'll yeah. work it out. We'll we'll find a way to make ourselves famous enough to live reasonably comfortably and in moderation for the rest All of right. our lives. Yeah, we'll do something. But yeah, it's definitely a combination of old and new because I feel that's a big part of our show. <laughs> Come on, out with the new. 
in with the, the old. old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the end of mercy. Out with the new, in with the old. I want to take us now to Sweden, uh, where a man has been arrested for urinating over fruit. Good. Um, as 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 he should be. Was the fruit complicit in this act? Um, apparently, the man was arrested in the western city of Gothenburg after he went into a supermarket. It's a hem a hem cup. I'll be honest. It's got one of those O's with the little things above it. So I'm assuming it's actually like hem cup. Hem hem crop. Hem cup. Hem crop. <laughs> up hem crop. Um, He's been whittling on the sprats up hem crop. Uh, I don't think you're actually from Sweden. You sound like you're from Hull. Um, so yeah, that's a chain of supermarkets. It's it's a Swedish version of uh, Tesco, I guess. Called Himkrup. Himkrup. Um And um, and yeah, he he went into the fruit and vegetable aisles, uh, lowered his like unzipped his trousers, and started urinating all over the fruit and vegetables. Why? Um, Did he have a crazy reason? Because you know. I've I've been spoiled by by like defecation and urination perverts recently. G, you've got to give me some kind of weird religious reason for doing um, it. Well, no, he became belligerent uh, during uh, uh, towards staff when they tried to stop him. The police were called. Uh, they 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 handcuffed him and took it to a police took him to a police station. Uh, the police suspect alcohol may have played a role. In the man's uh, decision to urinate on fruit and vegetables, just possibly. I mean, <laughs> I don't know though. Like, I've been very drunk, Simon, and like, if I'm very drunk and I need to urinate, my thing would be, I know, I'll go around the back of the supermarket. I'll go into that alley around the back of the supermarket. Not, yeah. I'll go into the supermarket and piss on the vegetables. Well, maybe, like, maybe it was a like vegetables, vegetables. Here's what I think of your fucking vegetables, and then he like pissed on them. Maybe that was the situation. That could be it. Maybe he really hates vegetables. That or could, like, yeah. or they had a the deal that they were offering on vegetables was not to his liking. The way he yeah, chose he's... to show his dislike was by pissing on them. Maybe, maybe he was asked to like a particular thing. Like he really wanted beef tomatoes. Yeah, because he was thinking about making like a bolognese, and he thought that'd be good for the sauce. <laughs> Um, and then he went in there and they were all out and they only had like the little baby tomatoes and he was so annoyed he decided to piss. He was like, that's it, motherfuckers! We're going to piss on these tomatoes! Ah! I, I piss on your tomato selection, Hemcook. <laughs> Possibly one of the best sentences you have ever uttered. I'm not going to lie. I piss on your tomato selection, Hemcook. <laughs> Such a passive aggressive reason to piss on something as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, so, yeah. Last report, like, the last time this story was updated, he still hadn't come up with, with any explanation. Though it may be a bit of a theme because last year in eastern Sweden, a man was arrested after urinating on pizzas in a pizzeria. <laughs> and maybe this is just a way that the Swedes show that their displeasure at yeah. produce. Yeah, like, God, these apples are really bruised and, like, slightly overripe. I am going to piss all over them. And, like, people notice. They're like, oh, he's not happy with those grapes. Probably a couple should. of them are crushed. They're supposed yeah. to be seeded. Some of them got seeds in them. He's maybe, doing it. He's un- Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Oh, he's doing it. He's I doing don't know. it. Maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like 
it's some like old Swedish custom that's fallen into abeyance. You know, kind of like as 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 world culture becomes more homogenized and Americanized, Simon. But these like traditional local customs going out for like fifty years ago, if you'd walked into a shop and saw a man pissing on like the bread, you'd have been like probably means that bread's bad. That man is doing everyone a public service because he's realised that that bread is not fit for human consumption, so he's urinating all over it, which is what you should do. Are you are you in that case blaming the fact that this guy has been arrested for pissing on produce on Brussels? Is that what you're doing? No, no, I'm not blaming it on Brussels. On America. I'm blaming on, on White Hollywood. House. I'm blaming on Hollywood Fucking and the White Hollywood. House. That's what I'm blaming on. Sorry. Look, just, just keep it out. We're, we know that you're happy with your with your laws and stuff, but yeah. but we've got our own customs. Like you've got you, your custom, which we find crazy, is all having loads of guns and shooting people. Yes. Our custom is urinating on fruit in a supermarket. Just can can you please respect that? No one gets shot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no in one a gets con- shot in a country where people are allowed to exercise their right to piss on fruit. No one gets shot. Well, people do get shot. But, yeah, you know, no, I, the I, news. I was... The news of the day is man urinates on fruit. Not other news that we are not going to talk about. Yeah, because that's not funny. What I'm saying is the national news of your country should be podcast worthy it should be news that people will talk about on a podcast and go oh that's kind of funny that's when you know that your country is doing all right if if we don't talk about the news from your country you can assume that there's something wrong yeah is that safe to say you know i'm i'm actually i'm rethinking my um i'm rethinking my theory now though simon because like obviously i was saying that it was a swedish tradition to urinate on things to show disapproval okay but uh, you see, there's a story here from the um, the state of Oregon in America. <laughs> oh, a no. town of, of Tigard in Oregon. Oh, it's another amazing place name in America. Great, great name. Tigard. It, it's what happens when Tigger from Winnie the Pooh bounces on your head. Yeah, that's what happens. You've been Tiggered. You've been Tiggered. Um, and this, this town in Oregon is named after that fact. Um <laughs> <laughs> The noise he makes as he leaves. Um, You've been tickered. This and is then he from, bounces away. This is from a supermarket. Uh, no, sorry. This is not from. This is from a cinema where uh, people were watching a movie called Prisoners. Uh, I don't know about this. But apparently, <laughs> isn't that the movie where like somebody steals? Um, somebody kidnaps um, Hugh Jackman's son or daughter, and yeah, then he's I like, think- "Where's my daughter?" Oh, is that? All right, I've got another. And he's thing. like going crazy with a beard. Right, yeah, no, I no, I did. I saw an advert for that the other day because I saw like a billboard, and they've done such a poor job of like airbrushing Hugh Jackman's face that I thought it was Adrian Brody, <laughs> who looks nothing like Hugh Jackman. Maybe it'll uh, be like the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, where he's actually played by four different actors. No, yeah. So Prisoners is yeah, it's like a thriller starring I think Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, and yeah. Jackman. Um, I think it's like a sort of a psychological thriller. Would you? Yeah, I think from, so. From what I've seen that. I mean, going on nothing but for poster, it looks like it's probably a psychological. Yeah, thriller it's about child, starring it? Adrian Brody <laughs> as starring Adrian Brody as Hugh Jackman. So anyway, uh, um, that 
the theatre was uh, was evacuated after a woman uh, thought she heard the word gun and shouted gun. So everyone, the, the reason she thought she heard the word gun because there was an altercation happening between a man in, in his 70s and another man um, caused by the fact that a man in his 70s had urinated over the other man's 14-year-old son. Um for reasons for which are not immediately obvious. I think that we both know the reasons for it, don't we, don't we, G? He was he disapproved of the son's behaviour. The son was probably talking during the movie. Yeah, and he's like, the way I'm going to show I disapprove... He's probably a Swedish man probably on holiday. A 70-year-old Swedish man. Maybe even he was a man who grew up in Sweden during, like, the sort of, you know, the 50s when it was, you know, the done thing to urinate on things. He, he then emigrated to the United States... Um, you know, has been living in Oregon since, and then you know, having... doesn't realise that they don't do that in in America. Yeah, didn't didn't realise. So yeah, anyway, um, movie theatre was evacuated, um, as well as was an American apparel store. Apparently, the woman had post traumatic. <laughs> what? Hang on a minute. So they they evacuated the theatre and then an American apparel store. Why? Yeah. N- not explained. I'm assuming <laughs> it's next to a theatre and not really gone into this. this uh, maybe they just like, we should probably just evacuate that as well. Yeah, just like, because I've been to an American apparel store and every time I've been inside one, I've hoped that, that like some emergency services people would come in and pull me out as quickly as possible. Do you know something that really freaks me out? That like The mannequins in American apparel stores have crazily perky nipples yeah, like, yeah but that's but that's the whole deal isn't it's it their deal but it's like insane like they're actually insane yeah i know they're like they're like half an inch long yeah like nothing there has never been a situation in real life where a person has had nipples like that so i don't know like i guess you're showing that potentially these clothes could be worn by someone with enormous nipples but you're not because they're really visible so what you're saying is don't wear these clothes if you have massive nipples so anyway that was evacuated um the woman had uh, post-traumatic stress disorder um which might have been why she reacted so oh, sub- right, okay so she's uh, having like a vietnam style yeah, flashback she, because she was a woman who had post-traumatic stress disorder who decided to go on her own to a psychological thrill. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, David. no, you're right. Which yeah. is a crazy thing to do. Um, like, hey, I've heard, like, hey, Grandma, Grandma, how's, uh, how's it going? Do you want to go see Hurt Locker with us? Yeah, no, no. Come on, Grandma. Hey, no, calm down. Look, it's just a movie. I know you live through two world wars. Just come, come check out this movie. It's called Hurt Locker. It'll be great fun. Um, I don't. To me, I don't know what what's out in the cinemas at the moment, though. Like, I don't know if there's anything you know safe for someone with. Because I like, don't think you should. Like, I think that if you have post traumatic stress disorder, maybe the cinema is not the best place for you. Because I've been to see some children's movies that made me freaked out, and I don't have post traumatic oh, stress disorder. I, could, you, I mean, the thing is, like, I think you're all right if you're going to see like. Um, like Finding Nemo or something. Yeah, it's got to be something that's completely like yeah, like something with a U certificate, something that yeah. on the poster doesn't say contains mild peril. Yeah, something <laughs> that doesn't involve like Hugh Jackman being played by Adrian Brody trying to rescue his his daughter from from Jake. a malevolent abductor. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. Um, anyway, so 
So the police kind of questioned her and arrested the 70-year-old who had urinated on the 14-year-old boy. Once again, police said alcohol may have been a contributing factor. I don't think that that's what you mean, is it? I think you mean is that somebody got drunk and was like, I'm going to piss on this little shit because he keeps on playing cut the rope on his fucking iPad. And the thing is, why, why in both cases do they say may? Like that's a, in both cases, police said this that alcohol may have been a contributing factor on these dudes just pissing on it on fruit pizzas and teenage boys. Like, <laughs> no, it definitely is a factor. Like, there should just be like a there should be like a, an elite group of like of drunk dudes, and they and they have like a coat of arms of like. We piss on these three things: produce, pizzas, teen boys who are acting up. Yeah, it's it's the Royal Swedish Society of urinating men. <laughs> but I've got to say, their functions much better than the New World Orders. <laughs> that kicks off. People are getting pissed and pissed on. <laughs> it all it all happens. Yeah. It all happens at those parties. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. <laughs> they they deliver. They <laughs> promise you things and they deliver those things. Yeah. And if they fail to deliver, then the person who organises the party gets pissed on. <laughs> like, you better hope it's a good party or everyone is getting urine over them. Um, speaking of, you know, people who have probably been soaked in urine in their lives, are right. you familiar with uh, with the, uh, I believe you can call it a comedy show, the old MTV comedy show, Jackass? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm aware of that. Um, um, I believe we've talked about it on the show before, actually. I think we probably have. I think we've talked about me watching it and realising that it was ten, 10 years old. And f- Yeah, I watched an episode of it and then it turned out it came out, it, that episode was produced a month before September the 11th and I kind of went crazy. Yeah, so, you know, they used to do stupid shit and film it. Yeah. Um, it's basically like we didn't have YouTube back then, so you can just be like, ah, oh, look, that guy made a slip and slide on his roof and broke both of his legs. And yeah. if you watch carefully, you can see the bones pop out of the skin. No, 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 we didn't have that then. So yeah. what happened was uh, blokes from L.A. used to do that and film it, and they put it on uh, – some of them were skateboarders because that was kind of edgy at the time as well. Yeah. They put it on the, uh, on the music TVs, and we yeah. watched it, and we were like, oh, that's funny. They, they do things like jump in pools of shit, piss on each other, go to um, a town called Anus and ask people if they could come in your anus, things like that. They would, uh, like, drink beer through their asses. Yeah. Um, um, eat, one... eat, the, uh, eat, eat the ingredients of an omelette raw and then vomit onto a skillet and then eat that. Yeah, one of them um, was whatever the politically correct term is for a dwarf. And they used to, like, throw him at stuff and things because he's smaller. <laughs> and one of them was really fat. And they used to, like, get him and the dwarf to do things because, like, their their disparate sizes already provided a source of a comedy, which their antics only added to. Yeah, so they yeah. had a show. And, uh, you know, 
Jackass 2, the movie. I think that was when the uh, the their popularity peaked. Came out in 2006. It's about six years ago now. They had Jackass 3D, which came out in 2010, uh, which was, you know, more of a comeback tour. It was more of a let's get the band together for one last hurrah, which was actually pretty fucking good. I was never really a fan of Jackass. I don't know. For some reason, something about my personality meant that it wasn't really my sort of thing. For some in the uh, in the in the middle class suburb that I grew up in as a teenager, there was a lot of some forty one and uh, and Smash Mouth being listened to, a lot of Papa Roach and Andrew WK, and not quite being able to skateboard, so just playing lots of Tony Hawks. Um, Pro Skater 3. Was Andrew WK a thing then? I don't know when he was. When did, yeah. when did he become a thing? He was a thing like around the time of Jackass because he did the soundtrack to the second movie. And I he's didn't in know it. that. I didn't know yeah. that. There was, there was that whole thing all became kind of embroiled together. I was quite into Jackass when I was a teenager. And watching, watching Jackass 3D in IMAX was kind of fun because it was like, you know, this is a thing that they've made in IMAX for me to look back at uh, as like a a young 20-year-old and be nostalgic possibly for the first time because, you know, you don't have much to be nostalgic about as a 20-year-old. And then you look at that, you're like, oh, I remember being a teenager. That was funny. And that was fine. That was cool um, back in 2010. Yesterday, yeah. Steve-O, are you aware of Steve-O? He was one of the main guys. He used to do the craziest stuff. For example, tightrope walk over the top of a crocodile enclosure with his underpants filled with raw chicken. Something he did. That's kind of a uh, wacky thing to do. Bit of a so, wacky guy. Exactly. Yesterday, he started a YouTube channel, G. He, okay, what, he started a YouTube, all right. What's Steve-O, um, star of 2006 peaking uh, TV show Jackass, now 39, uh, has started a YouTube channel where he does wacky pranks. Uh, so so basically he's doing the same thing he used to do but now he's 39 yeah and it's on youtube yeah he's a 39 year old he's launched a youtube channel yeah to do what he used to do 10 years ago yeah it's quite depressing it's pretty fucking depressing (laughs) so i think that you know much like the go compare man is a cautionary tale i feel like steve-o is also a cautionary tale so people my age our age of our generation who grew up in similar ways to us, you know, teenagers around the point of 9-11. I don't know yeah. what the we, we were saying. We can't work out what generation we are. I, I guess don't think that's we it. Count like, as millennials. We're, we're the generation who grew up in a post 9-11 world. That's, uh... But we but we were I also the generation I... who remember a pre-9-11 world. That's true. So it's not necessarily an endemic part of our, our, our cultural makeup. Yeah. It's difficult. Um... It's difficult. It's very difficult. So people our age, I just want you today to go to Steve-O's, um, go to Steve-O's YouTube channel, watch the two-minute-long video where his friend Chris Pontius breaks a beer bottle over his head and think, there but by the grace of God go I. Mm. It's a cautionary tale in knowing when to stop. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing when to find something new. Like, I mean, that's it. Possibly the Goku Pearman should have just found something new to do earlier on so we wouldn't have to go through this terrible charade. But Yeah. But now we could that... just go back to opera singing. Yeah. Whereas what does Steve-O have? I don't know what he has. He has, I'll tell you what he does have. He has a tattoo of himself on his back saying, dude, I'm cool, and then his signature. He has that. That's... 
I don't know. I don't think that'll help his employability. I but. don't think it will. Because Bam Margera, you know, he, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. Johnny Knoxville is still a movie star for reasons I cannot fathom. No. Uh, I don't know what Chris Pontius is doing. Ryan Dunn, God rest his soul, died a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Is he the one who died? Yeah. I remember one of them died. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind did of he, sad. How did he, did he die doing a prank? No, he died in a car crash. Oh, I that's, think. that's sad. Just, was like, the car something... doing a prank? No, I think that he was just, I think he was just drunk at the wheel. I think it was oh. just something like sad and mundane. It wasn't like, oh, he died the way you lived doing pranks. I think he just, yeah. he just died in a, in a sad, mundane way. All right. Um, yeah. So, you know, just look back on Jackass and reflect this week and remember that, you know, life isn't all about, it's not all about fun and games, kids. Sometimes you've got to know when to stop. Otherwise, you're going to be a 39-year-old man making a uh, YouTube channel where he does two-minute-long videos where he's like, I've got a condom full of jizz and I'm going to pose in a picture with you with it. Yeah. He, he did that. Speaking of uh, knowing when to stop, uh, Simon... I think this week we should also talk about the story of uh, Mariano Barbosa, who is a uh, a New York-based safety inspector. He's a safety inspector and a hotel security director who has been arrested uh, for setting fire to eight hotels over a two-year period. <laughs> eight. That's the number. Like four. That's one every quarter. Yeah, of um, your of your financial year, one for every financial quarter. Yeah, so he he was the security director first of the Yotel in uh, in New York's Times Square. Is that like a a, a hotel for radical nineties dudes? No, no, that's a hotel owned by the sushi chain Yo Sushi, which also apparently owns hotels, <laughs> cool. which is fucking crazy. <laughs> but you yes. know. All right, that's not what what we're talking about here. And also, the free fire started at the uh, Soho Grand Hotel, also in New York. Essentially, what was happening was that when he wanted to take a break uh, as security director, he would set fire to the hotel so that the hotel would have to close. And then he would, as director of security, stay in a room in the hotel to uh, to undertake efforts to find out what caused the fire himself. That's... And- um, oh no, no! I still haven't found out what it is. I mean, it's really weird. It, yeah. it, it seems similar to the other four fires that have happened at hotels that I've worked at. But yeah, um, and yeah, apparently it took them. So the first one was in two thousand and nine, which is five years ago, and it apparently took them five years to realise. Hey, everywhere this guy works to try and stop fires happening. Loads of fires happening. <laughs> Loads of very identical fires. They all apparently... start in the same place in the same way. It's really weird. Well, you say that, but because they did. Are you fucking kidding me? What he would do was he would take some newspapers um, and put them in the rubbish bins and then set them on fire. So the rubbish bins would catch fire. And and then he'd call the fire, fire uh, service. And they'd wow. have to come and investigate the fire and be like, that's weird that this same fire happened at this hotel. Oh, actually, no, it was a different hotel you were working at when that last identical fire happened. Crazy. All right, <laughs> see you next time. So he started on February the 3rd, 2009, and he took a bit of a break. He didn't do another one until January the 1st, 2010. Then May the 8th, then October the 8th, then April next year, then November... <laughs> 
then February, and then September. So yeah, he was kind of following like a sort of, you know, it was May, it was it was spring and autumn fires with his thing. <laughs> like he had like a calendar with like days marked off. It's kind of like it's it's that awkward gap between like summer and like the winter holiday period where you know kind of like you need some time to kick back so you set your work on fire yeah like everybody does like everyone does you know that just just the way that everybody's like i just need to chill for a couple of months i think i'll set everything on fire (laughs) nobody was hurt in these fires no 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 one was hurt no no, at least no one was hurt Um, that's good at these, and no one was hurt at these hotels owned by sushi companies, <laughs> which is a pretty crazy idea in and it's of weird. itself. I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. I mean, it, it purely is because they're like, oh, ho sounds like yo, and our company name begins with yo, so we should buy a hotel and call it a yo tel. Yo, yo tel by uh, by yo sushi. They they also bought uh, a yodler. <laughs> Yo yodelers. Yeah, they bought they bought a yo yo company and called it yo yo yo. They they decided to invest in Oprah Winfrey, who's now called Yo Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> How long can you reach for things <laughs> that you can fit yo into? And us uh, on a postcard. To... <laughs> a postcard, please. Oh, that'd be <laughs> wicked if we could do that. Uh, I wish yeah. we could do that. Can we get a PO box? Can we get but, the Errand of Mercy PO box? If people start using um, the other ways to communicate with us—that's Facebook, Twitter, and email—more, um, like so that those things become like oversaturated, then yes, I will buy a, I will buy us a PO box so people can send us postcards. You know what, Jeep? Now, <laughs> organically and without being planned, seems like a perfect time to tell people what those ways of getting in touch with us are. Um, so yeah, you can get in touch by Facebook at facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy or on our Twitter account that's at EOM podcast via Gmail, which is eom.podcast at gmail.com, or you can look at our YouTube page, which is also EOM podcast or one word. And you know, you could kind of find some of our photo uh, our videos there and perhaps link them. To Steve O of Jackass, who also has a YouTube account. <laughs> I like. I don't think. Now I'm just going to say. I'm going to put it out there. I don't think we're still going to be making this podcast when I'm 39. Do you think that's uh... little faith, Simon? Oh, <laughs> how many episodes? That would be like a thousand episodes. That'd be so many episodes. <laughs> a lot of episodes. I don't not, know. Will podcasts even be a thing when I'm I, 39? Probably, no, because like people will be relaying sounds directly into their skin via the skin internet. Yeah, the skin internet. Come on, man. It's you can't say skin internet and then not work that out almost instantaneously. Surfing the cyber superhighway. <laughs> The Skinternet. <laughs> Skinternet has got to be a porn site. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Let me see. That, me why are you even Googling? Are you just Skin wanting to look at porn? Because no. that is a porn site. Is it actually? Do you reckon it, it is? Be. It seems it too perfect. Well, oh, exactly. Because, like, What about .org? <laughs> I tell you what, here's a fun internet. Is internet.com a website? www.internet.com. Um, yeah, internet.com is a search engine. No, 
internet.com appears to be a search engine website, but it actually has a Google search bar on it. <laughs> oh, so I'm checking out this website. All right. You got to check that out. Um, internet. Internet.com. No, Skinternet is not a porn site. No, of course it's not. It's SK Internet, South Korean Internet. Oh, of course. It's like an internet holdings, investment holdings company. <sighs> SK Internet. Yeah. So it's very, wow, they've already got the block on the Skinternet. Yeah, they have, yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, so, yeah, that's going to, like, predictably, the Skinternet will come out of South Korea. Of course it will. They already have cyber police. They're well prepared. Um, I've just realised, is this episode 60? Oh, shit, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that. Da, 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 our 60th <laughs> internet thing! Thank you for listening for 60 episodes. Thank you for listening for the 60th episode to of this Ar- flaky ass <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this episode of Aerodiversity, which we forgot what number it was until the last 10 seconds of the show because we're fucking idiots. Goodbye. Bye.